Dose of Leadership Podcast, episode 151. Welcome to another episode of the Dose of Leadership Podcast, the show that brings you inspiring and educational interviews with today's most relevant and motivating leaders. Each episode is dedicated to highlight real-life leadership and influence experts who dedicate their lives to the pursuit of the truth, common sense, and courageous leadership. And now, here's your host, Richard Ryerson. Hey everybody, welcome to the show. This is Richard Ryerson. Thanks for tuning in to another episode. This show is brought to you by my sponsor, Audible.com. If you're like me, you like to read, but you're having trouble finding the time to squeeze in all those great books, well, Audible.com is a perfect solution. Audiobooks are great. I never thought I would like them. But I love them now. It's a great way to get caught up. I listen to and get caught up on the book as I'm driving to work. If I'm exercising, any free time, working out in the yard, I can get caught up on all my reading. You can go to uh, my website, doseofleadership.com slash audible, and you can uh, download a free audiobook. Any audiobook they have, over 100,000 titles to choose from, you can download it for free, listen to it. You can sign up for 30 days with no obligation. If you don't like it after 30 days, you can cancel your subscription. But again, it's no risk to you. Go check out doseofleadership.com slash audible and make your smartphone smart. Well, I'm so excited to have on my show today. It's been a long time coming. I had a lot of schedule mismatch here, but Andrew Farabee, he's an entrepreneur, public speaker. He has uh, created a site called Knowledge for Men and a podcast with that, and that's how I came across him, and I love his stuff. Again, he's created a huge social community in his podcast. I'll let him go over the numbers with you shortly, but it's just been phenomenal with having little experience because he's tapped into a phenomenal message, one that I resonate with, and it's about uh, men being authentic, being vulnerable, being real, and not what we're typically portrayed in everyday media. Uh, Andrew, welcome to the Dose of Leadership podcast. All right, Richard. Glad to be here. And yeah, I know it's, we've had some challenges, but I'm happy to be here. <laughs> yeah. Th- thank you for your flexibility. I know we tried this way back in December. Then I think you went to the hospital or something. And then we, and then I just, I reconnected with you and then I've rescheduled with you three or four times. So thanks for your flexibility. So tell us a little bit more about yourself. I mean, you know, I, I came across your website, uh, I guess it was back in November. And I said, man, this guy really speaks to me. You really hit something on the head. Uh, when it deals with uh, men and where we're at today and how we can become better leaders and better men in general. So bring us up to speed on how you kind of tapped into that message and, and, and what brought you to where you're at today. <laughs> All right. It, it started in, uh, I'd say, after graduating college, I was working a full-time job and I was very content and happy in the corporate lifestyle. I was earning a, 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 what I thought was a really good salary right out of college, and I did that for about six months. Uh, something caught my eye when I noticed that a lot of the higher upper-level management, regional managers and district managers were quitting. And these were people making six figures, upwards of $150,000 to $200,000 a year. And this caught my attention. Why on earth? Would you quit a job that you worked so hard to get to, you worked many years to get to, and finally you, you have this nice salary and you quit? And I didn't just see it once. I saw it all over the board. Right. And I, I, that, this struck my eye. How, how could this be? And at that moment, I just kind of had the realization that you know, if this is what they're doing, you know, why am I going to work my way up into that position if, if they're not satisfied? So that's when I had that first uh, realization that, hey, 
I kind of want to go back to my roots. I studied entrepreneurship. I love leadership. I love building businesses and, and or the thought of building a business. Keep in mind, I'm a entrepreneur all my life. I read all the books. I watch all the TED Talks. I go to all the events. Uh, I'm a sucker for those events on meetup.com about anything entrepreneurship. Uh, I pay all the fees to get in. And I decided to just do something of my own. I wanted to build something. I wanted to screw up. I wanted to get dirty. And so I started saving up uh, about, after about six months of working and built up a nice little, I mean, not a lot, but enough to where I could quit and try something. And I had been passionate about this men's, it's just an area of my own life that I've been working on, which is personal development for men and exploring manhood and the topics there. And how can you really become a better man? And how can you be that man that you really want to be, the charismatic man, the enlightened man, the masculine man, the social man? And these are topics that I had been exploring and attending different events for and reading. And I just, you know, I had this domain that I bought in college, knowledgeformen.com. I just thought it was a great name and thought one day I'd use it. But when I quit my job, I just went to that domain and started blogging. I just... You know, one thing that you really tap into, and, and I've, I've had conversations with a handful of, of other guys about this, because it seems like you got one extreme or the next. And so we talk about what it means to be a man. I either am, you know, I have to go to like Maxim Magazine or GQ, which is great to look at when I'm in the barbershop. It doesn't really speak to me about what it means to be a real man, because it still kind of has that superficial kind of plastic banana, phony flaw, you know, era to me, to me anyway. And so I, I'm never attracted to that. And if I go and I look, um, Spike TV, for example, I almost feel kind of insulted by the type of programming and the commercials and everything else that they're throwing at me because it's still still kind of that yeah men are stupid they just like to sit on the couch and and watch tv and watch sports and that's it and not communicate and then on the other end you got the almost and, and if and i haven't been church my whole life but almost that doesn't necessarily resonate with me because it's almost too um is churchy the right word or even you know what i mean i mean it's like i go to a men's group on the um Christianity side, and I got some guy that's the same age as me, forty-five, wearing acid-washed jeans, and the, and he's got Axe products in his hair, and they're playing rock music like I'm supposed. They're supposed to connect with me, and that doesn't feel authentic. Does any of that make sense to you? There's, so there's nothing in the middle, and but so your knowledge for men kind of speaks to me like that's the kind of uh, why it's why it spoke to me. Does any of that make sense? What I just said. Yeah, it seems like in mainstream society that, you know, we look at what does it mean to be a man and, and what where are our, you know, in media, we have we have the Maxim Magazine, we have FHM, which is for men, you have GQ, you have Ask Men. If right now, I like to do this, I'll do this when I give presentations, but if anybody's listening, go to those homepages right now, go to Maxim.com, go to FHM.com, and I guarantee you the headlines are going to say something along the lines of the, hot, the top 100 hottest women of 2000. 2014, or something with sports, something with beer, or some sort of party. And not that there's anything wrong with that. I'm not pointing out that that's wrong. You shouldn't read that. Right. But when that's all that you see, and that's the mainstream media for men, it definitely puts a, an image inside your head of, of okay, well, this is this is what I should do. This is what I should be. But what what about really? What about really being a man? What about what what does that look like? Where where can you begin your manhood? Especially in today's society, when we don't have rites of passages for men, it's leading men to a place where they have to kind of figure it out on their own if they ever come to the realization that they even like 
are they striving? Are they even challenging to really explore this area in their life? For a lot of guys, it's losing their virginity. For a lot of guys, it's graduating college. For a lot of guys, it's getting their own home. But there's no stamp. It's, there's, there's nothing out there, especially in today's society, like there was in the past where a rite of passage was this scary, this, this almost life-threatening moment for a man where they had to go out into the wilderness and, and in different cultures, it was different. But you know, I think it is causing a lot of harm amongst uh, men today who are, I hate to say it, but uh, just under my own research and, and observations are adult boys. Yeah. That's a great way to put it. Adult boys is a great way to put it because we don't really teach men how to be gentlemen. We don't teach them how to be classy. We don't teach them how to be courageous in the face of kind of chaos, right? It's almost like it's from my vantage point, it looks like if you look at the kind of media culture anyway, um, men are kind of dumbed down. And, And if you and I try to talk about what it means to be a man, you're almost people have been taught to, um, uh, you'd be afraid to talk about it because you, you're worried about being labeled maybe a sexist or misogynist or something like that, right? Exactly. Uh, I have nothing just to point out. I mean, there's so much to go on this topic. You know, men have become softer. Each generation, we're getting softer and softer. You look at boys today and uh, they look forward to playing video games. They look forward to going online. They look forward to just, you know, being in the, in the comfort of their home. When, when years and decades ago, it was about the sports. It was about, it was about engaging. It was about the brotherhood. It was about being in, in, in a group of men and, and the physical and going outdoors and in the wilderness. And I see that men, the generation just men are getting softer and and if you look at even mainstream media and especially in other countries it's at a more rapid rate where you, you look at you look at billboards you look at uh magazines and, and you're not sure a hundred percent that's a man or a woman not pointing out that that's wrong i just i just want to suggest and say that hey in other cultures it's going at a rapid rate where where we're blurring the line between genders you know i think you know, I for me, when I was probably, and I've said this, I've talked about this on the show, people that listen to this, they know this story about me, but I hit a, uh, when I got out of the Marine Corps and I got hired by American Airlines, and I, I never realized how much I put uh, so much significance in that kind of image of being a pilot, being a Marine Corps officer, and I really struggled trying to find my significance, and I think that's part of what a lot of what you, you talk about, you saw these examples of men kind of saying, hey, I'm doing all these things. There's got to be something more than this. And a lot of the people I work with and the clients, it's the same thing. They, they, they reach that kind of, hey, I did everything I was supposed to be doing. I got the degree. I got the, the, the career. I got the title. I got the position. But, man, I am feeling way empty inside. Why do you think that is? Why do you think, you know, what is it? How come we're not living our dreams and our passions? I mean, what prevents us from, you know, each of us has some kind of fire inside, but what prevents us from um, kind of tapping into that? I think the simple thing to say would be fear. I think it would be fear is that not only just men, but just we're scared of the unknown. We're scared of uncertainty. We like to be certain that we can get an outcome. So going after our dreams, going after our passions, like for example, quitting my job and not having a clear plan of action. That's scary. Who wants to do that? Who wants to be uncertain of their future? Who wants to not know that they're going to get a paycheck? I think it comes down to fear and, and the resistance to of uh, the resistance that you may not succeed, and it, it just comes down to fear. Do you think that we all have something to contribute to the world? I mean, do you, I, I mean, I'm a believer of this, but I want to know: Do you think that we all have something to contribute? Do you all believe that everybody wants to strive for something greater? 
Absolutely. And it can be in all shapes of form. It can be in all different types of shapes or forms. You don't have to go out and become Steve Jobs or Gandhi, but you can make a difference in your community. You can make a difference in your family. You can make a difference at your job, at, at your employer, wherever it is, but you don't have to go out and, and try and change the world, but you can change the world around you. Yeah, you're part of it, right? I mean, at least you're part of it. I think the fear and uncertainty, and I love that you brought that up. I mean, that is just, I had lunch with a, with a guy today and we were talking about this and, and I just resigned to myself and it's actually uh, kind of a, a freeing for me that the moment I said, you know what, the fear and uncertainty is never going to go away. I think I spent most of my earlier part of my career in my life trying to eliminate that. But once I realized that it never goes away, it's almost kind of liberating. What is your experience with that? Yeah, I like that. I like that. And uh, the goal is to not become fearless. This person is a little crazy when you're when you're fearless. Um, Having fear is is normal. It's natural. It actually kind of feels good. And what you want to do is understand the difference between fearless and bravery. And the difference is bravery is the person who experiences fear yet walks through it while still undergoing fear. Like he he acknowledges that he's scared, but he's continues and and takes the action to move forward but the person who's fearless i mean you can make some bad decisions <laughs> if you're yeah, just absolutely right. fearless and um i i think accepting that fear is normal and natural and to embrace it and accept and acknowledge that through fear and walking through the doors of fear and uncertainty is where you're gonna grow it's where you're gonna learn it's where you're gonna transform it's the only way. Step out of the uh, what? Step out of the, you know your comfort zone, and you know, you take risk. So how? Do, okay, so that's easy. You know, you and I can talk about it. and We understand it. But what, how, if someone's sitting there on the couch or they're sitting in their car right now, I mean, what are some concrete steps that they can do? I mean, it sounds easy to say, you know, live in the fear, get comfortable with the chaos, or all those kind of things. But what specifically can they do? What's a, a just a, a simple first step that they can take right now to start the process? Yes, there's. I, I I love this question because uh, we we can go on and on. But the first thing I'd say is, you know, accept full responsibility for your life. Accept mm-hmm. where you are right now, and just acknowledge that this is. There's no no pointing fingers, no blaming, no like your parents, your your, your siblings, your employer. Just accept full responsibility for where you are in your life right now, and and that's got to be the first step is to acknowledge that you can take action and that you must accept responsibility for your life. Um, One quick little thing that I want to say that can really help people analyze their life a little bit differently. It's kind of outside the box, right? If we were to, this is from Joe Rogan, and then I have a little add-on from him, but Joe Rogan said in one of his podcasts, you know, live your life like a movie. You know, make your, imagine your life like a documentary and you got a crew around you at all times. Mm. And this is your movie. And now, that's what he says, and that makes you think. But I want to kind of add on a little bit to that and say, imagine you know it's your movie, but now imagine you have the option to watch 10 movies, and your movie's in there. And the question I have for you is, would you want to watch your own movie, yeah. or would you rather watch someone else's? <laughs> Great question. And if the answer is no, and you would pick someone else's movie, you got some thinking to do because – you can create your movie. It's your story. Right now, you are holding the pen to your movie. You are holding the pen to your script. You get to write the next page. There is no other person that writes the next page. You you think someone kind of is looking at you while you're writing it, but no. I mean, if, if there's some guy, some some jackass who just grabs your pen and starts writing your story, you're letting someone take control of your life. 
you got to control your life. You got to control that pen, write your story, write the next page. You get to live your life. So that's just uh, something to think about. The movie. Oh, I love that. You know, you're absolutely right. We do go on autopilot. I don't know why we do. We, you know, I'm certainly guilty of it. We, most of us kind of live our lives bathed in mediocrity and just kind of expecting things to happen. And I love that you said that, that we are in more control than we give ourselves credit for. You're absolutely right. Absolutely. And- no one is going to come to your rescue. I think, I don't know, this is how I felt and this is how I think many others feel because I've said this and a lot of people resonate with it. But every time that I used to update my LinkedIn profile, I used to think that people were actually, there's like somebody watching me. Like there's somebody <laughs> out there in New York City who's right. kind of, just overseeing everyone's LinkedIn and he's like, oh, whoa, hey guys, we got we got an update on Andrew Farabee's page, check <laughs> it out. Wow, hey guys, yeah, he's gonna, yeah, we're keeping an eye on him. We're gonna watch this guy and and you think that somebody's watching you and you think someone's gonna just one day send you an email right. that's gonna say, hey, you know what, you know, we've been watching you and you've been doing great and we're really <laughs> happy to have you on board our team. We have a new company, we'd like you to lead it and yeah, how much would you like to get paid by the way? Uh, we'll pay for all your expenses to move out here in your loft. What you know, I used to think that like <laughs> right. someone's watching me. Right. But you you can do this all your life, or or you can just go out and and just just go and and just take the first step towards what it is that you want. And again, it's not being Steve Jobs. It's not being a Gandhi. It's just going out and doing what you want to do. Yeah, you know, and it, the the intentionality piece, and I love that you said the responsibility piece. I love that you said that because it sounds so well. You know, sitting here at, gr- at ground zero, zero speed, we're like, well, yeah, duh. But really, how many people truly take responsibility for their lives? I, I honestly think it is probably the one, one of the most important ability, if not the most important ability that a person can possess. Because I would say the majority of what you see out there is people not taking responsibility. I mean, that's what leads to, you know, the kind of the, the victim mentality, the, the unrealistic perspective on how life works or the, the, the blame storming that goes on, all of those things. Um, and, and you even, you hit it on the head. I think you said when you, you, when you don't take responsibility, you give away the choice to control your life. That's, that's the whole, somebody else's movie. You're watching somebody else's movie. So all of that is wrapped up in taking responsibility. Oh man, I love that you said that. It's so and, it's, it's so yeah, simple. Well, I'm just saying it was it's so simple to understand, but it does take a, a high degree of intentionality to put it into play. I, I, yeah, you're, you're you're absolutely right, and um, I, I think you know these types of conversations that we're having. It's just sometimes uh, I think just in today's society, we're, we're so busy, and, and we're always after that instant gratification where we want pleasure now. And if, if we try something, I'm sure many of you listening have tried something or or you have something and you're not maybe not seeing the the results that you quite thought you were going to get but let's talk about that I, i'm glad that you brought that up because okay you said you're a entrepreneur i mean obviously you've been uh like me i've been in this kind of entrepreneur game for a while now and uh, as with life i think in general really nothing ever really goes according to plan does it and that i'm not saying that as a bad thing i mean but if you look back and you replay your tape has everything gone according to your plan I don't think anything in my life has gone according to plan. Yeah, right, <laughs> exactly. That. You just, yeah. And I think that's okay, right? I mean, I think another kind of freedom-releasing thought or limiting belief that you can crush is this idea of like, look, that's okay. I mean, it's not about reaching a specific destination. It is more about the journey. And that was liberating for me once I accepted that kind of reality. What about you? 
this has got to be one of the one of the biggest lessons that I've learned uh, since starting this since I started this journey was uh, understanding that you know when you're committed to the journey, you know when something bad happens to you, that it's actually gonna benefit you. Yeah, this has been the greatest lesson that I've learned is that the bad things that happen to you is really just a catalyst for future just reinvention for future you know greatness amen i mean some of what i think it was benjamin franklin that said life's uh painful lessons instruct if you let it you know and i think that's that's really the key what you're hitting there is that yeah it's going to hurt a little bit and maybe a punch in the gut or even worse but uh may knock you on your butt but um you know i was watching a i was watching a documentary on the history of the eagles it was on the other night and um, I love watching documentaries and just kind of seeing where everybody came from. And Joe Walsh, who was in the Eagles, and he was talking, he said, you know, he said, uh, when you look back, and he looks back at that whole experience with the Eagles and all the chaos and the, the infighting and the success and the failures and the loss and the addictions and all that kind of trash, he says, he, when you're in it, and he says, this is what life is like. It's like when you're in it, it's like it looks like it's just chaotic mess. But when you look back, it looks like almost a well-orchestrated book. You know, everything kind of plays out in some form of fashion. And if you and if you bring in and allow the kind of um, lessons to kind of penetrate and marinate yourself, I mean, it's really an enriching life when you look back on it. I don't know. It just kind of struck me what we're kind of talking about here. I know it, it, that's good. I like that. And, and understanding that those, you know, you said chaos. I like that. You know, that's the journey is chaos. If you look at a. Uh, Joseph Campbell, are you familiar with the hero's journey? Oh, I've heard. I'm not. I've heard the title, but I don't know. You know, educate me on what it's all about. Basically, I can summarize this. You know, thousand-page book for you, <laughs> real quick. But uh, the hero's journey is it's a cla- it's the classic tale of the hero. If we look at all, if we look at some of the, the best stories in, in all of history, and then even in, in modern media, like if we look at Star Wars, if you look at Harry Potter, if we look at Lord of the Rings. Um, if you can think of any of these classic uh, movies, it all begins with a character who's lost. He goes out, he finds a mentor, or he finds a cause, or he finds his passion or purpose worth, worth fighting for, worth dying for. He goes through this apprenticeship. Uh, this could be Luke Skywalker, for example, or Harry Potter, um, Lord of the Rings, where, where he's learning his traits, and, and he's, he's going through battles, and he's failing, he's experiencing pain, and this is the story, this is a part of it, and then at the end, he comes back, and he's learned, and, he, and he's, he's like Star Wars, at the end, you know, he comes back, and he's a Jedi, and he's, he's much more grounded, he's become that man that he was supposed to be, so, so that's the hero's journey, I mean, you can look at Hercules and the Odyssey, you can even look at uh, biblical scriptures, and, and uh, even if you look at different uh, religions, uh, the hero's journey is the classic tale of the hero uh, going through his journey and uh, overcoming the challenges, and and that's what makes an amazing story. And obviously, uh, it sells. Uh, <laughs> I mean, if we look at uh, books, right. and I mean, it sells. That's what people latch onto. They they want to see the guy struggle. You, I love. There's nothing better than seeing the underdog win. I I lo- I, right. oh, I love the underdog, and you know, for the listeners, if you're in a tough place. You know, you are the underdog. And it's 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 your journey, you know. You are the hero. Uh, you got to make it through it, and you got to push yourself through that journey and understand that those challenges are the lessons that you're going to learn to be so that you can become the man or, or or the woman. I'm sure there are women listening. The man or the woman that you want to be, and the man or the woman that you were you were born to be. You're going to transform into that person. So no matter how bad it is, 
Um, I know that there are some of you out there who are, who are in, in pain or they're going through some really challenging things. And it's through those challenges that you're going to become a stronger person. And, and this is uh, uh, guaranteed that you will become stronger and it will take time. Yeah, but and I think that's, it's important. To, and it's, I think it's what's so beautiful about what you're talking about. It's, it's common sense and that's, it's so easy to understand. But let's be real. I mean, why this? Why is it so difficult? It's so difficult because I don't think there's anything more challenging than personal development. I honestly do not think there's anything harder than that. I mean, and, and if you if you doubt that, just think about the things that you tell yourself, and even yourself, Andrew. I mean, I know at least with me, and I consider myself a positive guy. But sometimes I catch myself saying the most negative things to myself. I don't. What about you? Do you do? Do you catch yourself doing that? <laughs> of course, of course. There's, there's, uh, you know, all the time. You know, you catch yourself saying negative things and negative self-talk and self-defeating uh, talk and self-sabotaging talk. But, you know, that's your mind. You know, that's your yeah. mind trying to keep you in a comfortable place because, you know, I think your mind wants what's safe. It wants what's comfortable. It doesn't want to experience pain. And I think that's kind of a fear mechanism. It's it's something, you know, innately built into your body so that you don't experience pain. It's like if you're about to jump off, a, I'm sure we've all been in that position where, you know, we, we jumped off in, into a large body of water and all our friends are down there cheering us on. And, right. and, you know, we're just like, no, your body's telling you, no, don't do it. Don't do it. This is bad. This is bad. Um, you know, your body doesn't want to experience that pain, that fear, but you, you go and you do it and you break free and you go through that experience and you're falling and you land and your friends are down there and they're screaming and you're just like, you come out and you just feel so alive because you grew. Yeah. Because, because you overcame the fear and your body's like, ah, you were right. I <laughs> didn't want <laughs> you to know that, but your your mind is, is uh, you know, I, I listened to uh, it was Les Brown and he says, you know, your okay. mind is a battleground. It's a war inside there. Yeah, constantly. And, it's just constant battle going on there, but I love Les Brown. He's so awesome. <laughs> yeah, Les Brown's amazing. I, there's a you made me think of this. I was uh, in a group that I'm in. And we were talking back and forth, and we were uh, one of the, my friends of mine. She was talking about the power of the mental game, and she was trying to get this uh, um, contract with Lowe. She's going back and forth, and she was very successful, but she was going through a period of a lot of self doubt. And this guy named Austin Nestle, um, he has a pod. Uh, podcast out there and he's great and he, but he interviewed this guy named dr james gillis and he's the only man to complete six double man iron double iron mans i mean he completed his last one at the age of 59 and austin asked him you know how did he do it and he's and his response was so great and it ties into what we're talking about here he says it was simply it was simple really because i've learned to talk i've learned to talk to myself instead of listen to myself and if I listen to myself, I hear all the negative. I hear all the fear. I hear all the complaints and all the doubts. But if I talk to myself, I can feed myself with the words of encouragement to keep on running, to keep on moving forward, to finish the race. Isn't that amazing? You think you, I, lo- yeah, I, I love, love that. that. Yeah, I love that. And I, I just recently interviewed a Navy SEAL who was uh, 20 years in the Navy SEALs. And he talked about, I asked him, you know, how do you, how did you, because he talked about boot camp, and he's he was an instructor for Buds, which right. is uh, the Navy SEAL. It's it's your training, and uh, right. it's, it's the selection phase. It's one of the hardest you know times of any Navy SEAL's career is the Buds week long hell week where you don't sleep for a week. And so I was asking him, you know, like what kind of instruction do you give to these guys to help them come through Navy SEAL boot camp? And 
he said, it's all about, you know, your self talk. <laughs> so basically what <laughs> you just said, he says he would always tell himself and he would tell his students that, you know, he, he doesn't think about the next, he, the next day or completing the actual event. He just, he thinks about the next hour. He says, I just want right. to make it till one o'clock. I'm just going to make it till one o'clock. You know, I'm just going to complete this rep, you know, one more rep, you know, I'm just going to make it till sundown. And, and you, he's just constantly just giving himself, you know, a few hours in advance, you know, just make it there, just make it there. And little by little, these little wins, these little wins, these little steps all add up. You're going to graduate from Navy SEAL buds. Right. Oh, it's so simple. When you, when, you, when you talk about it at this speed, it's so simple, but we get so distracted from that. I mean, it, it does take, again, I sound like a broken record, but intentionality of every single day and every single night when you're laying down, you've got to think about this stuff. And the amazing thing is, and the good news is, I believe, that even if you just picked one thing, I don't care what it is, and you just concentrate on it and improve. Say you improve 1%, you know, every day. Think how much further you'd be just in one year. I mean, it's amazing when you think about it, actually. I don't know. I just, I love no, talking no, about No, very powerful. I'm actually reading this book that uh, one, of my inter- uh, one of my guests on my podcast mentioned, uh, Matt Theriault of uh, Epic Do Over Podcast. He uh, mentioned this book that I'd never heard of, and, and he, he lives by it. He says it's the, the most powerful self-help book because it makes all the other self-help books and personal development books actually work. So it's like the toolkit to make all those self-help books work, and it's called The Slight Edge, and it's very, very simple. And um, I, I can just summarize the book in, in 20 seconds. And he says that the reason why most people never make it to, to greatness or if you want to call it, you know, quote unquote success is, you know, when you're in rock bottom, you know, you, you do everything you can to get back to, you know, a complacent level, to get to that base level mm. of, you know, where you're comfortable, where you, right. have, you have your basics met and you do everything you can and you will get there. But what happens there, there's a, there's a very powerful thing that happens there is that once you get comfortable, you stop. Right. You, sl- you slow down. You stop doing the things that you used to do. You stop waking up early. You stop working hard. You stop doing the extra things. You stop going the extra mile. You start buying things. You start getting into uh, society. You start, you know, you start getting cars. You start getting, you start upgrading. You, you start looking, you start upgrading your, your house, your clothes. You start living a different lifestyle. And so that's where most people fail is they stop doing what was working and they transition into this alternative, this other lifestyle, and they never reach that level of success because they stopped. Right. And it's, uh, it's those little steps built over time that will get you to where you want to be. It's a never-ending process. It never ends till the day you check out, does it? Never ends. I don't think it'll ever end. You're, you know, you'll, uh, you'll climb so high that uh, as soon as you get to the top, you, you, you'll, you'll want to climb further. As we wrap up here, the last thing, the biggest thing I've ever struggled with and I think has held me back and prevented me from from living the life that I wanted to live was dealing with regret. I mean, we've all made some doozies and mistakes, and I have certainly have made my share. And I'm certainly lucky to be where I'm at. I'm still lucky even to be married because of the mistakes that I made. But how do you get rid of those letting go of those failures and those regrets? That has been my biggest struggle, and I think it's a lot of struggle for a lot of my clients. I mean, what do you do when you when you you deal with the failures and the regrets? Yeah, this this you know it's something you're always kind of wrestling with because yeah, it's such a tough question, and and so many people are going to have you know a different experience. And what I've done is what I've started to do, and has been working well for me. So take this you know with a grain of salt. But whenever I'm experiencing, you know, some great challenge or some massive failure or a regret of something or an action that I did that I wish I just didn't do, 
I just write down where's the lesson. I just immediately think where's the lesson? What's the lesson here? What can I learn so that I can never make this mistake again? What can I learn so that I can use this to build a better business or build this to become a better man, build this so that I can go on and impact other people? What lesson can I learn now so that I can magnify it and help others? And uh, so I just look for the lesson and it's hard because it's not a solution. It doesn't actually solve the problem, but it helps you move forward and it helps you kind of carry on uh, that message so that you don't do it again. So, Well, I love it, man. You're doing some great stuff. I'm so glad that I've met you. I'm so glad to uh, have you in my network. I look forward to possibly even collaborating with you on something because I think you've got um, a great message. Uh, and especially you know, the niche for men, but it is universal when you even think about it. Everything we talked about doesn't necessarily have to be for men, but uh, I appreciate that you are tackling some of the issues that we seem to skirt around. And uh, gosh, what a pleasure to finally have met you. <laughs> Thank you so much, Richard, for having me on the show. And um, yeah, could I go ahead and give a plug? Absolutely. Where can people find you? Um, the easiest and best place would be knowledgeformen.com. And if any of you are interested in starting a podcast, I have a course called The Podcast Blueprint where I help people not so much with the technical side, but on the growth side and how to acquire high profile guests and monetize your podcast. So knowledgeformen.com or thepodcastblueprint.com for my product. Great stuff. I'll have links to all this when I post this. And again, check out Andrew's uh, podcast. Check out his website, his blog. Great stuff on there. There's great articles we didn't even touch upon. Uh, but man, I love your stuff. I love your resources and I love what you're doing. Again, thanks for coming on the show. Stay on the line. We'll talk here after we stop the recording. But uh, thanks for coming on. All right. Thank you so much. Richard invites you to become a part of the Dose of Leadership community. Visit doseofleadership.com and sign up to receive his free Common Sense Leadership ebook, a guide that highlights how all of us can learn to become calm, confident, consistent, and courageous in all aspects of our lives. Richard is also available as a speaker for your next event. Richard specializes in practical leadership and change management. He has a philosophy of inspiring everyone to think and act like a leader, which is based on timeless natural principles and common sense. You can get more info by visiting doseofleadership.com.